You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Henry Ford said, you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. That's a pretty powerful statement. And lots of us think that we're going to do something and we never get it done. And lots of us, myself included, have been to many motivational meetings, have read many motivational books. We've done all the things that we think that we should be doing to get to our goals, whatever they are. Your goals could be in business. Your goals could be personal. You could want to lose weight. You could want to save a certain amount of money. You can have any goal in the world, but unless you act on that goal, you'll never reach the goal. It's a very simple premise. Myself, I have been to so many of these motivational meetings over my business career. And I actually usually walk away thinking, you know, I already know what they're saying. And I'm already actually better than that at this point in my career. But a year ago, I went to a presentation by Brian Moran. Brian Moran is the author of The 12-Week Year. And I sat and listened to him thinking it's just going to be another motivational speech. And boy, was I wrong. I got so much out of that speech that Brian gave. Why? Because he has a very simple premise that he has put in a book, The 12-Week Year, that is so simple and makes so much sense. And I don't know why nobody's ever thought about it, but it really, really works. I know numerous people who have used this method from everything to personal goals to business goals and been highly successful. So we're stepping a little bit out of the box today with the Ladies of Liberty, and we're having Brian Moran and Judy Moran, the Director of Client Relations at 12 Week Year, join us today to talk about this. Brian, how did you come up with this idea and explain a little bit about what the idea is? Yeah, you bet. First off, it's great, great to be with you, uh, a gentleman among ladies of liberty. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so, so the book really came out of the work my business partner, Michael Lennington, and I were doing with our clients. Uh, you know, a lot of books, someone comes up with a great idea, they sit down and they write this theory. That's not what we did. We we had struggled and, and worked through the, the difficulty of really figuring out what our clients needed. And along the way, we, we realized that they all had great ideas. And because initially we thought, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to bring them some new ideas, some new ways of doing things, new techniques, which nothing wrong with that stuff. It's valuable. But as we, as we were working with clients, we found out they all had great ideas. They all had resources. Um, the, the big crux of the matter was they just didn't implement very well. They didn't execute. And, and so our focus quickly shifted to, okay, what does it take to execute at a, at a world-class level, at a, at a high level? And that's how we started working with the concept. We kind of figured out what were the fundamentals of effective execution. And then we came across this concept in athletics called periodization. And that was the thing that helped us get out of the annual environment and, and figure out the 12-week year. Um, how the book came to be was as we were doing this, 
we were, Linda, we were actually headed to a conference, much like the one you heard me speak at, only we were going to be a vendor at it. And we were thinking about, you know, what shiny stuff do we need to print up to hand out to people? And I'd been thinking about writing a book, talked to ghost authors, didn't like that process. And there's a, you're in Texas. There's a guy out of Texas years ago, used to put out these little pamphlet style books. Uh, his name is Price Pritchard. And, and I had a couple of them on my shelf and I pulled one down. And I said to Michael, let's just write a book like this, right? Let's leave all the fluff out and let's just self-publish it. So we, we went to work on that. We literally wrote the thing in 12 weeks. We went down to Kinko's and it was like, well, do we print 50? Do we print a hundred? <laughs> right? We're thinking really big here. And uh, it's like, well, we don't want to bring any back. And, oh, well, let's, let's print a hundred, right? So we print a hundred. I think we sold them for 10 bucks each. We came back with no books. And, and from that, we literally sold a hundred thousand copies of that book. And then Wiley, our, our publisher came to us and said, Hey, we want to publish that thing. And, and it gave us a chance to expand it a little bit, but you know, I think 82 plus percent of Americans want to write a book sometime. And, and um, so you can do it in 12 weeks. We did ours in 12 weeks. It's changed our, changed our business, changed our life. Well, I think that the 12 week cycle that you talk about in the book, which I really want you to explain because it, it's just so different than anything. And what it really is, as I take it, is that you, let's just say that I want to January 1st, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. I'm going to start sometime in December trying to lose that 20 pounds. But if I have a 12 week year, I better be setting some goals to get my 20 pounds or, or the portion that I can lose in that time in 12 weeks. And you have an entire goal setting program that goes with this. But the thing that really motivated me was just, just the simplicity of saying, that if you don't act on your goals, you will never accomplish them. So, so you give people concrete goals each and every day of that 12 weeks, right? Yeah, our, our early realization, again, was that it's all about the execution. And then the 12-week year was a way to really get outside of the annual environment. Because as we started applying the disciplines and principles of what it takes to execute at a high level, and what it takes to perform, you know, we got, we got good results, but we didn't get what we felt the clients were capable of. And we were working in the annual environment, just like everybody defaults to set annual goals, build annual plans, break them down quarterly and monthly and weekly. And, and we started to feel like something about that environment was, a, was really a barrier. So, so setting annual goals is better than not setting goals. Building annual plans is better than not building any plans, but, but there's still a barrier in it. And, and we realized the barrier was this, this illusion of time. Uh, you know, January rolls around, every, everybody's fired up, everybody's, exci everybody's excited and um, can't wait to get started. Now, we just finished up January and I can guarantee you most people are already behind their goal. And well, I think no, most no, people procrastinate. Right, right. But nobody's worried yet. Nobody even cares because it's only February. And so the thinking is, oh, I have, I have 11 more months. And, and that mindset permeates the year until something later in the year, you know, something changes and people get it in gear. And, and in some cases they hit the goal. So whether they lose the weight or they do the sales or whatever it is, it's usually at a cost. So there's a lot of stress in that. Sometimes they sacrifice family and holidays. And the bigger cost that they're even unaware of is all this capacity that was left on the table 
prior in the year because you might you might catch up and hit the goal, but you cannot go back and recoup capacity you left on the table last week, last month, last quarter. And and frankly, Linda, that's the difference between where people currently are and what they're capable of without learning more, without working harder. I mean, if people just executed more consistently on what they already know, right, they'd make more money, they'd be healthier, they'd have better relationships. And so that's what the 12 week year is all about. It's really starts with this mindset of, look, it's not enough to know. And then the next huge step is getting out of that annual environment. Our clients, for our clients, you know, the end of March is year end. And, and, and it's a hard stop. It's a hard line in the sand where they're going to measure their success or failure. And so what happens in that is it creates this healthy sense of urgency and forces you to focus. I mean, my business partner lost uh, nearly 50 pounds in 12 weeks. Now, I would argue wow. that had he set that in a, as an annual goal, he probably wouldn't have done it because he would have put it off and put it off and put it off until it lost momentum. That's a lot to lose in 12 weeks. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was 300 pounds. I mean, he needed to lose about 50 pounds and, and yeah, he got it. He got it all. Well, and so many people have that goal at the beginning of the year. They have goals to work out. Uh, they have goals like we talked about. They have goals in business or right now we're in such an odd time with lockdowns and COVID. And I mean, maybe people's goals are to find a new way to earn some extra money. There's so many different goals that you could have in life. I mean, it might be a goal to homeschool your child in a better way. There's, there's just so many things, Judy. So in some of these different ideas, how have you seen people take this program and use it to their best benefit? It's been amazing. So uh, we, we actually do coaching. So we do one-on-one coaching and I am the first person. So somebody, uh, you know, reads the book and tries to apply the 12 week year on their own um, and finds that, you know, some people will apply bits and pieces of the concept. And what happens is then they get bits and pieces of results, right? And a lot of people will uh, actually, you know, implement the program get it going and they go really well for a couple of weeks and then they kind of fall off the wagon, right? They get distracted, life, you know, happens and they might find it difficult to really consistently execute day in and day out. And so they reach out to us um, and I'm the first person they chat with and I get to meet the most amazing people. Uh, one one of my favorite uh, clients is actually is using the twelve week year because she wants to produce a documentary, and uh, she was been working on this documentary film for three years, and and they she has a very small team of like five other people, and she said sometimes it's like chasing cats, you know. And because <laughs> we're all creative uh, and um, but not really great with systems. And so we talked, uh, she joined us for one-on-one coaching. Now uh, the coach is actually, you know, coaches her and she is coaching the full team and they will finish the film in the next six months. And it's phenomenal, you know, um, it has been, ama- it's been amazing. You can apply 
the 12 week year to anything like Brian said, from homeschooling, losing weight, writing a book. Oh, uh, actually, uh, Brian and I uh, have it in our plans to better our marriage. So like in the next 12 weeks, if I want to have the most incredible, loving, rich, uh, laughter filled marriage with Brian, uh, that's the goal, right? And for the next 12 weeks. And then, so if that's the goal, then uh, I want to break that down into tax tactics or actions. What can I physically do right day in and day out, week in and week out to make Brian still love, right. To, um, to improve our marriage. Well, I can, um, I can make, you know, I know it sounds funny, but you know, Brian's very visual. So, if I make sure that I'm not, you know, in a ratty t-shirt and sweats and, you know, my hair is all over, well, I was going to say my hair is all over the place, but it normally is, right? But if, you know, I slap on a little lipstick, spray on a little perfume, um, and the house isn't atrocious when he gets home, uh, he feels settled. He feels, and that actually makes him feel loved. He also is a man of words of affirmation. So I put it in my plan to affirm him, to tell him, you know, what he's doing right. Um, Tell him what a great man and dad he really is. Right. Um, And it's also date night. We got to have date night. So it can not just apply to just business or accomplishing, you know, sales or business goals. It can be relational goals. It can be spiritual goals where I, you know, for us, for me, I want a closer relationship with Christ. So what does that look like? Well, it's being in prayer, it's being in fellowship with um, my fellow Christians. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's it's, um, um, reading the word, all of these things go into my plan. You break that down to the 12 week year. So mm-hmm. give us some examples of how you would do that. So you would add one of those goals a week, or how would you accomplish that so that at the end of the 12 weeks, you are at the place that you want to be. Now, you don't have to be where you ultimately want to be at the end of 12 weeks, right? Because, mm-hmm. but, but you do it no. in segments. Okay, so, so this is important for people to understand the difference between outcomes and actions right? We don't control the outcomes, we control the actions. And so I, I want your listeners to understand goals are outcomes. There are things we don't control. We influence them, we desire them, but we don't control them. And when we set an action as an outcome, it breaks down. So you know, let me give you an example. Uh, I'm going to work out four days a week. I've seen that so often as a goal, X number of workouts per week or something like that. The problem with that as a goal, Linda, is it's an action. And when I set it as a goal in two or three weeks, it becomes drudgery because it's not attached to anything more aspirational. And and candidly, I've yet to meet someone that their goal is to work out. It's always to lose weight or lower blood pressure or something like that. That's the goal. And so the first thing is you got to get that relationship right. You need to understand the difference between a goal and an action. And so in the 12-week year, we'll talk about, um, you know, we all have limited capacity. We have limited time capacity. We have limited energy. We have limited 
um, intellectual capacity. That's not a knock on anyone. It's just a truth. And so the more goals you take on, the greater the likelihood that you're not going to be great at any of them because you just spread too thin. Uh, and so the first thing is to really kind of figure out what are one or two or maybe three areas that I want to set a goal in for the next 12 weeks so that I can really focus. I was so impressed with your speech because that made the most sense to me where I, like so many other people, was taking actions as goals where I understood fully what you were saying in, in that moment that I need to set the goal and I need to take the actions to reach that goal and then be accountable for those actions. That's what I love about it. I want to talk about some of those things and, and get some examples from you right after this. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older. Until now, Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Listen to the Ladies of Liberty sound off on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty, and we are privileged today to be with Brian Moran and Judy Moran, the author of the 12-week year and the director of client relations for the 12-week year. And Judy is a regular Ladies of Liberty contributor. And it's a little unusual for the Ladies of Liberty to have a man on the show. But this man has such an important message for all of us that we really want to hear more about the 12-week year and how we take these actions and convert them to succeed at our goals. The difference between goals and tactics or goals and, and actions and really actions and outcomes. I think, I think it's important for people to understand it because if you're going to really execute, you, you need to know the difference. And sometimes if we get too fixated on the goal, the outcome, it can really be paralyzing because somewhere intuitively we know we don't control the outcome. So then we're less likely to stretch. We're less likely to engage. It has just the opposite effect. And especially when people talk about, well, set stretch goals and everything else. That's okay. If you really, if you're really setting um, a goal, that's an outcome. Um, so, you know, if, if I want to working out as a tactic to losing weight or, or weighing a certain amount or fitting into a certain size um, pair of jeans or, or dress or whatever it may be, right? But that the end goal is to, to weigh a certain amount or look a certain way. The, the same thing would be 
um, you know, in, in, in a business environment, it might be to improve my culture. Why do you want to do that? What's the, what's the outcome of that? Right. And there's a whole series of actions to improve your culture, but, but let's make sure that we're clear on what's the outcome. What do we want different now? So, so Judy, use, use the example of our marriage. You know, we could set a mm-hmm. goal date night. I like to joke that's not a good goal because, it, you know, in my marriage, date night could actually hurt my marriage. I always. You need to explain I, that one, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I, I do hope yeah. that's a joke. I hope that's a joke. But the point is that <clears throat> I first need to decide what I want different in my marriage 12 weeks from now. Because if I can't get clear on what that is, how do I know if date night's an effective tactic or not, effective action. And so we don't want to try and measure the goal by the actions. The, the actions are what we control. They're, we're doing them to create some desired outcome. What is that outcome? And if I can't quantify it, you know, if you're, if you're in sales, that's easy. You quantify it. But so many other areas, certainly in personal areas, things are difficult to quantify. How do I qualify it? What's different 12 weeks from now? How will I know it? And then that gives me some, some, um, um, some help in determining what the appropriate actions might be, what the appropriate tactics might be. Because just like at the goal level, at the tactic level, we don't, we don't pursue everything we could do. We look for the critical few, the, the, the things that are going to have the greatest impact, the, the least number of actions, if you will, to accomplish the goal. So I have to kind of sort through knowing what the outcome is. Is this going to have a big impact or not? And if not, I'm not going to spend my time on that. I'm just going to focus in on the actions that I think are going to have the greatest impact. Kind of that 80-20 concept, right? The 20% of the actions that are going to um, have the biggest impact on my outcomes. So if somebody that's listening wants to improve their marriage, maybe they're going through a rocky spell. And I think a lot of people may be with being locked up and out of work. How would they start that conversation with themselves? And what might their end goal be? I would think that their end goal would be, I'm going to improve my relationship in my marriage, but how, and and what is that outcome? What, What would that look like? So perhaps it would look like, uh, I'm going to communicate better. I need better communication with my spouse. So I want us to be able to sit down and talk without getting in an argument. How would somebody use that 12-week program to look at doing something like that? And I do understand and I want to get to it because this is really a program also for businesses, but because it works for everything, I think on a personal level that people can use this idea for so many different things that are important in their lives. Yeah, I, I agree. So the example you're using is, is, a, is a good one, right? So um, one of the keys is, you know, when we talk about the how, that's the, that's the actions. And, and we first got to get clear on the what or the where, which is the goal. And, and so um, your example of improving communications isn't really a goal. It's a great thought. It's not going to function well as a goal because there's no, there's no measurement to it. It's not quantified. It's not qualified. But, but having zero arguments over the next 12 weeks could be a, could be a very uh, worthwhile goal if every time we sit down, we have an argument. Um, and so the first challenge is to really think about what's the end result that I'm after? What's the outcome that I'm after? How will I know when I get there? And can I, can I quantify it? Can I qualify it? You know, one of the things that we do in our relationship is we'll sit down and we'll say in an effort to try and just 
make it a little more concrete on a scale of one to 10. How do you feel like our relationship is right now? <clears throat> and I don't know why, but Judy always scores it lower than I do. Which may be a <laughs> do not. <laughs> which do could be not. A, a woman man thing. I don't I don't know. But at any rate, um, um, th that's how that's how we kind of settle in and we say, okay, well, um, if it's a six now, what do we want to get it to? You know, maybe maybe a 10 is too much of a stretch, but maybe an eight or nine and we'd be feeling great in 12 weeks. So that's, that's one of the ways we do it. But the, the conversation first starts with, you know, how we feeling about our marriage. If we were to set a goal around improving that relationship, you know, what would be the outcome we'd be after? Um, less arguments would be great. More, um, um, you know, more of something else might, might be a way to measure it as well. You know, to, just to, to get something that you can wrap your arms around to know, to be able to track with during the 12 weeks, are we getting closer to that or not? And at the end of 12 weeks, did we get, did we get it over the finish line or are we clueless on, in terms of what the impact was? Okay. So then what are the steps that people would take in those 12 weeks using your example? So mm -hmm. once we figure out the goal, th then we think through what are all the things we could do to impact our relationship. So, so it's a really a brainstorming session. And typically um, we like to mind map with that, meaning we put the goal in the middle and we put everything else that could impact it around it and draw lines and circles and connect it because it's a creative process. Um, but, but the best process is to get everything you can think of that could impact it in a positive way on paper so you can see it. Now, you're not gonna try and do all of that because if you do, you're setting yourself up to fail. So now we start to select the critical few, right? If I could only do one of the things on this piece of paper, which one would have the greatest impact on us hitting that goal? And we circle that. And then we say, okay, if I could only do one more of these, which one? Would, and we stop at two. And if two is enough to hit the goal, then we don't need three. But if it's not, then we select number three, potentially number four. And, and the key here is oftentimes what comes out on paper or more are more concepts than actions. And, and I say that because a concept may have a series of actions tied to it, like communicate better. That's a concept. You can't execute a concept. That probably has, you may come up with five or six things you could do to communicate better. And, and so that's why we begin to select the critical few and then turn those into true tactics, which for your listeners is a, is a statement that describes an action you can take. So communicate better isn't an action I can take. What am I going to do when that shows up? What's the action I would take around communicating better or, or actions? Those would be the tactics. So again, maybe, maybe you stay calm while well, sure. well, talking yeah. to your spouse. Maybe you would stay calm in a, you know, if there's a situation where yeah. things tend to get heated or maybe you yeah. could make sure that you talk about it rather than hold it back. Yep. So One might be cool. like, we come up, we come up with a term that reminds us both to calm down when things get heated. We say, you know, we say flammagator. I'm just making stuff up, but whatever the word well, is. Well, we can right? tell him, let's tell him Brian, Brian was, uh, we were arguing at this one point and, um, <laughs> and I said, the first thing is, to not use the phrase you always or you never, right? Oh, right. You always do this or you never do that because both of those statements are completely incorrect. 
make a commitment not to say either one of those phrases, but then also having a trigger word, a word that will um, diffuse the situation. And at one point um, I was telling Brian that he, he exaggerates all the time. And he was telling me I was hallucinating. <laughs> he, he was so upset. He said, hallucinating. <laughs> so hallucinating became our word, you know, that, uh, that we use when things get a little, little too intense, right? Um, but, you know, on the, the level of communicating, there's also you know, making sure that you have set time aside for each other to actually sit down and talk, right? Yeah. So what does that look like? Yeah. So Um, as a a tactic, let me just mm -hmm. delve on that one, Jude. As a tactic and a plan, it might be that we're going to schedule, you know, 15 minutes every day, one-on-one, right? Mm -hmm. That would be an action. Um, having that having that code word would be an action to diffuse the situation. These are separate tactics that might show up in your plan to build your relationship. Date night. Date mm-hmm. night's a, a, a great one for us. It happens to be a kind of a keystone action that the others tend to come along with it, that if if we're doing that consistently, usually good things are happening in our marriage. Too, we found that you really need to schedule actual time um, that you can go over your finances or you can go over family situations if you have children where you actually sit down to discuss the children, their grades, their issues, their what's coming up, um, to have sort of a, a family meeting, so that uh, when you do, when date night does occur, you're not just having dinner and going over the finances and the kids' troubles, and you know, what I'm saying what you know what what is all wrong. You want date night to be fun, right? You want to talk about fun things. You yeah, want to plan a, your future. Good point. Right. There. You want. Mm-hmm. So I say to my husband, was, palm, palm a tay when, <laughs> when yeah. he gets excitable. <laughs> Jesse, tell us that story. <laughs> <laughs> so just palm a tay. Um, yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's good information for people. And Brian, I, I do understand that this program has been delivered to so many huge companies around the world for their sales forces, for their staffs. But for our purposes today, you know, I'm, I'm almost more interested in the, the things that we're talking about to, you know, help the everyday family in, in their everyday lives. I mean, certainly the program is a huge success for companies, for salespeople, for management teams that that's just undisputed this is a best-selling book everybody should own it everybody should look at the program and use it in the ways that they can but for for our ladies and for the ladies of liberty show it just makes so much sense what you're talking about with very personal uses for the 12-week year and i mean i can see it in so many ways which i could a year ago, when I heard you speak, I, I saw so many ways that I could use this. And I, I do, I think about, I never think about my goals in a one-year format anymore. I always think about them in a 12-week format. I have got to talk to your partner and find out how he lost 50 pounds in 12 weeks. That's I'm, I'm doing the math here. That's an incredible amount of weight a week. <laughs> but 
there, there are so many things that people could do. You know, um, families might want to save money. Lots and lots of families have money issues in their marriage. Somebody spends more than the other person thinks they should. I mean, you could use this program to write down the ways that you could cut out things that are extraneous that you don't need that would save some money and, and make a plan to put those dollars, you know, somewhere else in a savings account or wherever would be meaningful for your family. There's, there are just so many things I can think of that the everyday person could use this type of program in. Yeah, I think it's true. And our, our clients do that. Most of our clients use it in their personal life life as well. The key there is to just keep it simple and, and keep it fun. So, you know, if you're looking to reduce spending or pay off debt, you know, get everyone involved, get everybody uh, and don't make it so painful. You, you know, anything worthwhile takes effort, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be painful, right? We can, we can uh, focus on the benefits that we're gaining every time we do it. Even, even if the benefit in the short term is I'm just exercising the discipline muscle of not spending and, and the, uh, you know, training myself for delayed gratification and, or whatever it may be. But, but I think it's really important that whoever is involved in helping execute against the goal, be involved in setting the goal and understanding the sacrifices we're going to have to make and connecting with the benefits so that we all see how the benefits outweigh the sacrifices. Otherwise, again, three, four weeks in all, when all we're experiencing are, are, are the sacrifices because the results haven't come online yet, people will bail. And, um, and, and that's, that's where it breaks down most of the time is we just haven't stayed connected to the benefits. The benefits haven't come online yet. All we're experiencing is the pain of change. And so we don't follow through on it. And so it's really critical that, you know, anyone involved is part of the process of establishing the goal, understanding why we're doing it, and then agreeing to the actions um, that we're willing to take on a, on a daily, weekly basis. Hey, Brian, don't you think that um, the real, the, the, the foundation of all of this is getting to the why you're doing it? It's, it's a huge piece of it, right? It's the, it's the cornerstone of it for sure. It's not enough in and of itself. <laughs> you, you know, you can have a, no, but it's not like more like the vision creating, creating the vision. It which absolutely is sort is. of to me, the, the why, why am I, why is this goal important to me and what it, right? Why am I doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you can revisit that when you hit the wall, right? When you're in yeah. that valley of despair, you can revisit your vision or the why um, you're doing it. And hopefully the reason you're doing it is more powerful than the pain. You're experiencing, exactly. right? Exactly. In, in fact, you don't even wait till you hit the wall to revisit it. You're, you're revisiting it, you know, each and every day you're staying, we talk about staying connected to the vision and, and connecting the daily actions to it. So, so I'll give you a, Linda, I'll give your listeners an example. Um, we live in Michigan and, you know, so many people, when they think of Michigan, they think of Detroit and, and for decades, that was kind of sad. Uh, Detroit's coming back though. And it's really cool to see, but there's so much more to Michigan and, on the, in Northern Michigan, on the West side on Lake Michigan, there's this little town called Traverse city and uh, Lake Michigan comes in and it forms two bays. And there's a peninsula that runs right down the middle and there's vineyards and orchards on it. And uh, a friend of ours 
Frida, her mom had a place all the way on the end before the lighthouse, a turn off into the woods on, on West Bay. So it was East shore of West Bay. So it had sunsets and the, the water is different shades of blue, almost like the Caribbean because it's sandy bottom. And it's just, it's oh. a slice of, it's a slice of heaven. Um, and, and so we went up there and her mom was very generous, invited us up a lot, but it didn't take but one or two times. And Judy and I fell in love with the place and it, and it made our bucket list. And we're like, we got to have one of these. The problem is on this particular road, there's only 18 of these and they rarely come up for sale. And typically when they do, they're either snatched up real quick or they go private sale. Um, but we, you know, it made our bucket list. And, and the first thing we did is we started renting the neighbors. And, and an interesting thing happened. Our kids didn't care whether we rented or owned. <laughs> they, they, it was their cottage. They had memories and it was great. But what happened in that is we got to know those folks and, and they're a little older. They live in Ohio. Um, they would only use it three weeks a year. The rest of the time they rented it out. And, and so they were getting to a spot where they were getting kind of pinched financially. The, I think it was 2009 or 10, the big recession, they needed out. And so we were able to buy that thing um, on a land contract with very little down and we still give them their three weeks. They become like grandparents to our kids and it's worked out fabulous. But, but the thing that made that possible is I was able to connect the actions I had to take in my plan about building my business so that we would be in a position that if that opportunity ever came up, we could, we could jump on it. And so when I talk about connecting to the vision, that's what I'm talking about. Being able to connect the things that I, you have to do on a daily basis that might be uncomfortable, that maybe you haven't done before, that there may be some anxiety around doing and connect that to the things you want in life. In this case, it was this cottage, this ability to have this lake home in this very special spot. And whether one ever came available or not, the first thing I needed to do is I need to position us. So if it did, we were in a position to purchase it. And so that was motivation for me to do things in my business, to build my business when, when I was supposed to get on the phone and make calls or something like that, right? And I didn't feel like it. I would remind myself of, I don't have to make the calls. I only have to make the calls if I want that cottage. And, and it's the same in, in, in your personal life, right? When I think about going to the gym, I've worked out my whole life. It isn't something that I necessarily enjoy. But what I think about is I think about how I want to look and how I want to feel. So that in the moment when I don't feel like going, I think about the benefits of going and that helps get me there. And it, it just like in my business, it helped me take the action I needed to take. And so that vision piece is critical. And again, if you've got, if you've got multiple people executing, when it comes to my personal health, I don't need to get other people involved in my business or in my marriage. I do. They need to have a vision for what it, it can be as well. Fellow Americans, our mission here at AmericaOutloud.com is clear. We're here to defend our founding values and principles at a moment when they are under unprecedented assault. And to cover the news objectively and offer intelligent commentary on the challenges we face as a nation. You can tune in and join our family of listeners 24-7 in this vital crusade. Our apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Find us on iHeartRadio or our world-class media player. 
It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at americaoutloud.com. So welcome back again. And Brian, in the class I took with you, which I've said many times, I, I just loved it. I thought it was just so enlightening and very motivating. And I see all the ways that I can use the 12-week year to attain goals, and I do. And my salespeople do in my company. Now, let's talk about my husband. <laughs> I am trying to get him to, to use this 12-week because he tends to procrastinate. Now, he's a, an extremely busy forensic criminologist, so he's got reason to, you know, not have a lot of time to spend. But what he does love in life is he loves writing. And he has written a book series and it has just launched and, and the first two bu books are published and he's writing the third. So if we just take that as an example, because it doesn't matter what the goal is, but this, this is one that everybody can relate with. He's having trouble sitting down and writing the third one, not because he doesn't have the ideas. He has all the ideas. He knows all the characters. He has the whole book planned out in his mind. It's executing. And that is the problem. So tell me what he would do step-by-step step to meet this goal, to have this book written in 12 weeks. Yeah, I, I can do that. The first thing I'd wonder, though, is what's different about this book from the other books? If he was able to sit down and write the other ones, or did he experience something similar? Um, so from a being a coach at heart, that's the first thing, you know, I, I'd, I'd want to know. But, but regardless, I think there's a process to executing. The first is really, like we were just talking about, connecting with why it's so important, right? What's, why is it important for him to finish this work? What does it mean to him? What, what will be different in his life 12 weeks from now if the work is finished than if it's hanging over his head? What's the impact it's going to be, right? I mean, just thinking through all the tentacles of the why so that he has a compelling why. Because without that, um, I can give him structure. He's still going to struggle to, to operate within that structure. And, and that's why it's important that the vision is yours, right? If, if you create a vision for someone else, for your spouse or for your boss or for society, you're going to struggle with it. It has to, you have to own it at an emotional level. It has to, when you think about you being here in 12 weeks or you being here three, three years from now, you have to get excited about that. And so that's the first place I go with him is helping him connect with why this is so critical um, and what'll be different for him when it's done. From that point, then there's the practical, uh, uh, practical aspect of blocking out time to write. So Michael and I, my business partner, have a contract with Wiley right now for another book. And so we've blocked out time every week to write. This is the way we wrote the first book. And so when that time comes, uh, that time is sacred. I don't schedule anything over it. Um, it's, it's there every week. I don't, there's, there's nothing that's going to have me not write in that time. Now, when that time comes, I sit down and I turn everything else off. I don't make the decision. Am I going to write? 
that decision's already been made. This is the difference between interest and commitment, Linda. When I'm interested, I do it when circumstances permit. When I'm yes. committed, when I'm committed, I find a way. And so I'm going to commit up front to not only completing the book, that's the goal. I'm going to commit to the action, which is blocking out time and writing each week. Now, here's the key though. If I really am getting writer's block or struggling with that, um, there's this concept we call separating the starting from finishing. So it's time for me to write. I don't him and haw about whether or not I'm going to write. I don't go check my email, right? I've already made that decision. That decision's made for me already because I made a commitment. Let's say it's three hours a week or two hours a day or whatever I did commit to. <clears throat> I'm going to try and keep that time the same. And so when that time rolls around, I'm not, oh, oh I got to do this or, oh, someone called me here. It's sacred time. Now, when I sit down, this is, this is the, 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 really the gold in this, this notion of separate starting from finishing is I'm going to sit down. I don't put a lot of pressure on myself to write a chapter or eight pages. I just sit down and write. And if I write a paragraph or I write eight pages, that's okay. Because if I put too much pressure on myself to finish a certain amount, then it's really hard to sit down and do it. I'll avoid sitting down. So I'm, I'm overwhelmed in my head thinking, yeah, I got all these ideas. I got to organize them. I don't know how I'm going to organize them. And yet I'm supposed to sit down and write a chapter. No, no, you're just supposed to sit down and write for two hours. If you write a sentence or you write pages, it really doesn't matter. If, if I'm scheduled to go on a treadmill, I go stand on the treadmill. If I start walking or running, great, but I'm going to spend 20 minutes on that treadmill because I made a commitment to do that. And it, it's, a really, it's a really powerful technique because it gets you started and that's the key. And then what will happen is, let's say you're doing that daily, it doesn't take too many days and you start to build some momentum now. And now his thoughts are becoming clear, he's starting to organize the project as you start to do it begins to create some confidence and some momentum. Now you're getting excited about the next piece you're going to write and the next piece you're going to write. But regardless, there's still this commitment to the time and sitting down and writing, but there's not pressure on, it's like, I'm going to clean my house, right? You put that off, you put that off. What if I'm going to clean, I'm going to walk into this one bedroom, I'm going to clean for 15 minutes. If all I do is pick up two pieces of clothes, fine. But you know, if I clean the whole bedroom, fine. There's not a lot of pressure to finish the project it's just to start it. And I, and I found that is really, really powerful um, for, for me and everyone who's used that technique in terms of just getting you doing stuff that sometimes the tendency is to put off. And in your program, when people buy the book, which is available on Amazon and where else, Brian? You know what? I'm going to give you a link that they, I'm going to, I've got a special that I'll get them. They can, I'll, I'll give them a link. They can get it for $10. Okay, um, we'll do that at the end then. That'll be yeah, great. Uh, but but what I remember is that you handed us sheets that allowed us to really uh, chart our progress during those twelve weeks, every day, every week. Does that is that something that's additional? Does that come with the book? It really doesn't come with the book. There's um there's a study a field guide that has some of those worksheets in it. There's an online program we have called the achieve power pack that has software and videos and things like that. Um, there is a getting started course though. That'll give you a few pieces of that, but, but literally we put you guys through a half day workshop and um, um, 
you know, Proforma had paid for access to resources and things like that. So sure. you got more than would be available to, to someone just, you know, coming by the site. Yeah. And the information that you're giving today is something that everybody can use because it's, like I said, it's simple, it's understandable. And I, I love the way that you just simplified the whole writing process for my husband. He knows exactly what you just said. He knows that that's exactly what he needs to do. He just doesn't do it. So it is about making that commitment and just sitting down and doing it, whether you have an idea in your head or not. And I know that should he sit down, that those ideas will flow. I want to answer your question a little bit ago as to what's different about this book. Book one is set in Nashville. And we were in Nashville when we really researched and got all of the information for those books. They're, they're kind of um, homicide thriller kind of books. And so that, that was the difference. And then book two is set in Florence, Italy. And we were in Florence, Italy when a light bulb came on and he just started madly writing. So this book, this, this next book is set uh, kind of at the border, the, the uh, Arizona, New Mexico, Mexico border. And we're not there. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we go through there often, but we're not there. So I think that that might be the difference, but you can certainly get around those differences and, and just get started. And it's the same thing for anything that people want to do for any goal that they want to set, whether it be financial, whether it be um, more time with, um, you know, your, your spouse. I know one of the goals you're talking about marriage goals. One of the goals that my husband and I had many years ago was that we could work as hard as we wanted and we wouldn't bother each other. But our goal was that every three months we would take a week break together and turn off the world and spend that time together and go somewhere and do something. And we have done that forever. And then at some point we decided to take two weeks and, and do that. And, and we keep to that religiously by kind of the process that you're talking about and setting that goal a year in advance, actually, and booking those things. So taking those priorities and actually putting them on paper and booking them so that we are committed to do those things at that time. And th those are things that have been very valuable because do things come up? Always. Things always come up. So yeah. we wouldn't go if we had not done that pre-work and made a plan and made a goal and acted on it and put money down on it so that we are committed. And, and it's, it's not brain surgery. It's simple, but yet nobody came up with it before you did. Yeah. You know, kind of going back to your husband, I would, I would really suggest you guys take a trip, go, go there. Right. It's, he's got a formula that's worked really well for him. And now, now you're trying to write this one with a different formula. I mean, you know, just go for the weekend or whatever and, and tap into that same juice that he's tapped into on the other books. I mean, it's not, it's worth it you know? Well, that's absolutely true. And, you know, we, we can start doing that again. We have not been traveling back and forth that 10 corridor along the border as much as we did. We were doing it every few weeks because that's where my business is. I live in Texas, but my business is in California. So we were going back and forth quite a bit where with COVID, we have not been going back and forth. However, since I just got my first vaccine and the second one will be go. in three weeks, then 
you know, yeah. we can start looking again at hitting the road and, and getting that flavor of, you know, those, those cactus and the desert and the things that the small towns and the, the things that we need to set the stage for that book. So that's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah. The other is maybe someone's got something similar, but they can't physically go there. What about those elements? Can you bring into your world virtually? Um, you know, can you create kind of that environment for yourself that works so well in previous times, if you can't get there physically with COVID or for any other restriction? Yeah. I mean, and the internet is just a wonderful resource for all of those things. So it's, it's a little easier than it used to be. Um, I want to allow you the time to make sure and tell people exactly how to get your book if they're interested in going online and, and obtaining the book, looking at the program, or if they are a business and they need to get things back moving after being shut down and they need to get sales forces motivated. I mean, all of those different kinds of ways to use the 12 week year are available to them. Yeah, our, our mission is to change lives. And so we do it one at a time, whether you're part of a large organization, um, you, you own an organization, or you just want to use it personally, we're, we're here to help. And so um, that special offer on the book is 12weekyearbook.com. That's the number 12, the digits 12-W-E-E-K-Y-E-A-R-book.com. And you get 10 bucks for uh, plus shipping. If you're not in a hurry for it, there's, um, I think it's $3.99 shipping and handling, which is U.S. Postal about six, seven days. If you want it faster than that, you'll, you'll pay a little more. Um, but, you know, the book retails for 23. So take advantage of that. I don't know how long that'll even be up, but it's, it's up and active for your group for now. Um, the Getting Started course, they'll mention that in the book, but that's another great, you'll get a couple different emails from me and then you'll get a weekly success tip from me every week just to keep you inspired. 12weekyear.com forward slash getting started. And you can find all this stuff from the Achieve Power Pack all the way up to the performance coaching like Judy was talking about on 12weekyear.com, one uh, two weekyearcom So if we can help in any way, you know, please, please reach out. Um, we, we're all about making a difference. Yeah. And Judy, with COVID and with so many shutdowns, have you altered the way that you're doing in-person speeches now? Really, a, a, it was a, a big shift for us because how we put foot on the table uh, was that Brian would go out and speak. That was a big portion of our income. Uh, people hire Brian to come in and do keynotes like he did uh, for your company mm -hmm. um, or workshops or whatever. And when COVID hit, all of that shut down. And I think that really the, the, the premise of 12 week year, right? Being able to move and pivot quickly uh, really proved itself with us personally, because we were able to uh, qu very quickly ourselves. And so we took money from our savings and we completely revamped an area uh, in the offices and created a complete state of the art studio for Brian and we have like the top of the line cameras and video equipment and 
um, we hired a producer, somebody to actually produce the, the keynote or the workshops. It's Brian Teller all about it. It's phenomenal. So we're able to deliver keynotes and workshops and uh, interviews absolutely, I, I mean, just gorgeously. So you just think so, Brian? Yeah, so so much more than a mm-hmm. slides in a talking head. I mean, it's like it's like an in-person event. In some ways, I think it's even better because people don't have to travel, they don't have the expense of that. And it's highly interactive mm-hmm. through the chat. And uh, we've done, you know, we've done four-hour yeah. workshops. We did our live event that way this year, just last month. We did two half days and had hundreds of people participate and, and it was great. It really, but you know, it's, it's be, it, we had to pivot. And, and so rather than just looking at how can we get by with zoom, we decided how do we take this opportunity and make this event as good or better than an in-person event. And that was the mindset that we went into it. So we've got a video wall behind mm-hmm. us. We've got, as Judy talked about software that produces the show, we've got a producer who moves between slides and me and me and slides and all of that. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really been great. Yeah. I, I think that the virtual just has really taken off during this COVID shutdown time. So I would like to also, you know, just say thank you so much to both of you for being here and for telling people about this. It's something that I believe in, which is why I wanted to have a, Judy and Brian here today to talk about the 12 week year. There, there are so many things going on in our lives right now and goals are not being met by people just because they're so trying to live in, in this new, you know, the, the new reality of what we're dealing with that I think that now is a great time to be looking at something like this and get ourselves on track and get motivated and moving towards a better future. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 